1: Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision.
0: Hey Charles, uh, let's talk first of all about some international affairs and uh, China-US relations. Uh, some reports this week, continuing concerns about Chinese hackers. We were talking a little about this last week, uh, There continued espionage against U.S. naval technology, submarines, even universities and subcontractors. Uh, What are your thoughts on developments as they continue as this story is well and truly alive about espionage, China versus U.S.?
1: Yes, well, the development this week is that um that the US government is letting out uh, details it's talking it's naming the groups APT40 and Temp Periscope these are hacker groups that are based in uh, in China and have Chinese government connections and they have been uh, hacking into the universities particular but uh, p- particularly in the US but also other companies have been sort of like subcontracting Doing uh, subcontracting work on naval and maritime technology, and uh, so the, this the escalation is in the fact that it's coming out of the uh, the, the kind of innuendo, and it's coming into facts. It's sort of saying these are the people, these are the groups, and they, these are their connections. And this is this is a a kind of a parallel story in the relationship with the, with the US and China, because the, on the other side they're talking about trade relations and the way in which. Uh, The U.S. attitudes toward tariffs is having a real impact upon the Chinese economy, and the uh, the Premier uh, of China this week um, actually went public on that, that it is hurting the economy and that they're downgrading their GNP uh, expectations. And television is uh, actually reporting on businesses closing, people losing jobs, factories uh, laying off staff, and this sort of thing in China, which... Which is, um, um, you know, significant. It's it's demonstrating the interconnection of the U.S. and the Chinese economy, how how in, in, interconnected they are, and why Trump is doing this. He's sort of saying China has to back off. It's got to sort of get its house in order and and be a, a, a responsible global citizen if it's going to be part of the uh, the, the the global trade. In a community and um, so while they 're not making the link publicly between trade relations and uh, and, and, and controlling espionage it 's there for all to see that this is a fa- these two factors are actually related.
0: If nations can't trust one another when it comes to issues like espionage, and uh, let's not have our head in the sand. No doubt there's espionage on both sides there. But let's bring uh, Australia into this mix. And while we're talking about US-China, and we might think of that as a global relationship that we're separate from, but we're not because China is, uh, is one of or our largest trading partner. And uh, and so, therefore, when we talk about issues of espionage and issues of trust between nations, uh, this clearly is something that our uh, authorities need to be taking note of, and I suspect that they are. But uh, what are your thoughts about Australia in the mix? And because we've got this uh, mix of uh, Chinese ethics, which are different, uh, communist ethics are different to the sorts of ethics that we're used to, uh, this issue of trust or mistrust or distrust...
1: Yes, it's a critical thing, isn't it? I, I, I think you're right that the that the when we talk about Chinese ethics, I think that we should we should be um, we should distinguish between what we might call Chinese ethics and the ethics of the communist um, ideal or a lack of ideal. But the, the ideal is of internationalism; that that is an absolute uh, principle of uh, of Marxism. That Marxism only works when the global economy becomes one and when Marxism controls it all, and then it can set the rules and everybody can play by the rules. But we saw what happened when when they did this in 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 Russia you know that <laughs> the rules don't work and uh, and so the whole world will be subject to these rules that just don't work but that that is uh, that's what's in play here and uh, commentators are making the observation that Ch- uh, that China's expansion its economic expansion is actually a form of of Marxist internationalism uh, and it's interesting that um, you know one of the other areas that that's in play here is that um, <laughs> you Ms. Areda, here is our audience may have picked up on the fact that Saudi Arabia and Pakistan have been in a kind of a dance this week um, because um, Saudi Arabia is is talking to Pakistan because Pakistan's on the eastern side of Iran and and Saudi Arabia and Iran are are sworn enemies. Um, They're they're the two houses of Islam. They represent the two houses of Islam, Sunni and Shiite. And there's a deep hatred between the Sunnis and the Shiites. And the Shiites are in Iran, basically, and the Sunnis are in Saudi. That's their their home base, as it were. So what uh, Saudi's trying to do is they're trying to do a sort of pincer movement and and sort of um, uh, rattle rattle Iran's... um, Security by having you, you know an enemy on its eastern front in pakistan but but ironically you know one of the commentators a guy called justin who writes for the the, the washington uh, um um uh, 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 journal he he talks about the way in which pakistan's constantly sort of like a shuttlecock that's knocked around from one Great global sphere to another, and 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 the other great player in its world at the moment is China. That uh, China has been doing this major ba- belt and road development into into pakistan down onto the the gulf of oman uh, a huge road big infrastructure building a port and uh, and and now pakistan's deeply indebted to china for this major development and and pakistan's sort of it's got to somehow keep faith with its commitments to china and somehow keep faith with its commitments to saudi and it's trying to use these things to shore up its border against india because it's there's a sort of a national fear that uh, that, that the, the tensions between it and India on its eastern front are going to are going to explode at any moment, as we've seen all things happening in Kashmir. Yeah,
0: Charles, so what you're um, describing is a, a tricky, significant but, uh, web here
1: in, in global politics.
0: It's a web, isn't it? Uh, because it's as we start talking about the U.S. and China, you've brought in the the Saudis, uh, Iran. And of course, the conflict that is developing between Pakistan and India. Uh, not only are we talking about uh, political ideologies here, but also religious conflict that's been uh, brewing for more than a millennia, so 1,400-odd years since the yeah. uh, the Sunni yeah. and Shia uh, conflict developed. And, uh, and so let's just uh, manoeuvre our thoughts uh, just towards that idea of things that are going on between Pakistan and India over that disputed uh, territory in Kashmir. Uh, that's actually very significant. We're, what we're talking about here, of course, is two... Uh, two um, uh, nations that are nuclear uh, weapon equipped and so we ought to be a little bit concerned about this because if there was going to be a nuclear war maybe it won't happen between the sort of players we think it'll happen with but uh, but maybe those two uh, could be on that verge. What are your thoughts for that conflict and how that's evolving?
1: Yes, well, there's two ancient hatreds here. There's the hatred between Sunni and Shiites Muslims, uh, uh, that conflict between Iran and, uh, and Saudi Arabia and and, the, and their uh, allies, as it were, their religious allies. Uh, and then there's the, the great hatred between Pakistan and India. And um, these hatreds have gone on for generations, and they are so toxic, and they are so unreasonable. This is the thing about hatred. It's such a dangerous factor. It blinds the judgment. It makes people irrational. Um, and it's something for us to take on personally. Uh, you know, when we consider our own personal relationships, how um, that we cannot afford to accommodate hatred in our hearts, because it will blind us to reason and mercy, and it will justify any kind of evil. Uh, and it's, it's so it's toxic both on an international level and on a personal level. And uh, the thing about the the Sunnis is that the Sunnis have been wanting to actually secure control of uh, nuclear weapons you know so give them ready access to nuclear weapons as as a way of 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 saying to iran uh, um, you know this is a deterrent this is a deterrent don't don't come rattling your sabers here um, this, you know, we've, we've, we are equal to you in, in nuclear terms. But everybody wants to get on the bandwagon, apparently, at the present moment in the Arab world. In, and countries like Egypt and Jordan and others, they also want to have access because they all feel threatened by Iranian expansion. And whether this is whether this is real or not real, whether Iran really doesn't want to take over the world or not, the perception is in the Sunni world that it does, and it's being used as a kind of a... It's being used as a political um, urgent urgency. You know, like sometimes we use a political subject, you know, like whether it's boats or something like that, you know, that we'll it gets used, doesn't it? It gets used as a form of a political persuasion. And uh, and these great hatreds are being used as a form of political persuasion. And really, the world does not need hatred as the thing that drives its, um, its geopolitics, does it?
0: Uh, that's right. We talk about increasing espionage, the intensity of hatred on the rise... And, of course, the lowering of this idea of trust. Of course, there's Christian foundation to what trust does, uh, which we see operating both in an individual sense, or if you're in business, or certainly within a family unit, or certainly between a man and a woman in a marriage, uh, there is a certain sense in which trust is very important. But as you lower the temperature on looking at Christianity, uh, you raise this idea of mistrust. And so, uh, yeah. so as, as Christianity seems to, particularly in our own backyard, be diminishing a little bit in flavour, uh, you've got this rising level of mistrust. What are your thoughts for the changes that are going on well, in, uh, in our Australian context?
1: Yes. Thank you. Thank you for pointing that out, because I think that, um, you know, sometimes when people think about uh, abandoning Christianity and evicting Christianity from the public square, like people are thinking of doing that in Australia, they don't realize what they're going to get rid of. You know, like, uh, uh, here's a case in point, that trust is actually, it's embedded in the person of Christ, and it's embedded in the Christian faith. And when you get rid of trust, uh, when you get rid of the Christian faith, you get rid of the principle of trust. There's a great vacuum that, that is created in, in the community, and you have to fill that vacuum with things like legislation. You've got to try to impose um, things uh, upon society that before one would take on trust. So that, uh, you know, in the old days, uh, I I hate that phrase, but you know what I mean, that that, that when Christianity was more the, 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 the dominant culture in our society, you know, people used to say, didn't they, that they could go out and leave their house unlocked. Or that they could rely upon the neighbourhood to look after their children if their kids were playing in the street, or those sorts of things. All that goes as you as you get rid of the source of that kind of community trust and good intent. And uh, so, um, uh, you know, people who in power who think that they can just uh, uh, get rid of Christianity because it's um, because it's reactionary and because it resists progressiveness. Um, they will discover that what they are getting rid of is they're getting rid of these great virtues like trust and mercy and and justice and truth-telling. These things actually have got a spiritual root. They've got a connectedness into the very nature and fabric of Christianity because actually that is the nature of God. What this is, it's an, it's an abandonment of God it's an eviction of God from his own world or an attempt to do that. And, and, and people think that you can have God without, uh, and keep his virtues, but you can't. These virtues are actually personal influences of God in society. They're not ideologies. They're not ideas.
0: Well, we have some elections coming up later this month in New South Wales, 23rd of March, a New South Wales state election. Uh, Then closely followed on, there'll be a federal election probably sometime in May as where Christian believers, Charles, and making sense of some of these changes. And as you talk about trust, of course, it makes sense. Uh, jesus words you know do unto others as you would have them do unto you of course that's being replaced with this idea of do unto others before they do unto you Uh, that's what happens when you get rid of trust isn't it but we've got some we've got some elections coming up Uh, we do have a democratic process in our nation Uh, we've got a significant number of people who will adhere to the christian faith uh, not necessarily voting according to their christian conscience uh, how important is it, Charles, for us to appreciate the values uh, that we have from our Christianity and to apply them even into the political sphere when it comes to our turn to vote? Uh, what are your thoughts?
1: Well, I agree that that um, when you know the Christian faith talks about spiritual strongholds, it talks about kind of uh, the embed the embedding. Of, uh, of irrational control points in our subconscious. And uh, our political um, um, affiliation is like that. You know, very often when you talk to people about why they are affiliated with one side of politics or, uh, rather than another, you um, it's it's more than reason that puts them in that camp you know it's it's other things that put them in the camp and and that and they will vote that way um without thinking they, they've always voted that way their father voted that way or or whoever it was that persuaded them to vote that way they vote that way and uh, we have to be very very mindful that uh, that no party is uh, is perfect you know no no party no leader is perfect and what we're having to do today because it's so critical is we're having to think very deeply about the social and moral issues that are in play here uh, in our in our government um, elections and and recognize what the impact of those things are going to be upon the actual character of the nation upon how society is going to change and we have to make decisions very prayerfully and very carefully about who we're going to support. The critical thing is, you know, to know your local members and candidates, to know them and to know the people that you can trust, uh, that the people who have integrity, people who will do and act according to um, the conviction, uh, that's, that's the absolutely critical thing. But then we also do need to know uh, the social policies. I mean, I think that people don't, Sometimes think through the the impact, like for instance, the, the labour policy and on, euthana- on um, abortion. You know, the, to introduce abortion as a free service in all public hospitals. Um, to do that, and the moral conflict that that will introduce to hospitals and to Christians and other people of good conscience who just. You know, can't imagine themselves being part of the process, particularly late, late-term abortions, where they're, they're actually seeing the body parts of, of of children that are being aborted, or they're seeing children that are being late, late-term abortions being left to to, to die um, on the on the table. That sort of thing. You know, this is going to introduce into our society a whole new degree of moral conflict. Uh, and of course that 's very true about euthanasia as well, and there are other issues like that so this is a very dangerous time in our society it 's a very dangerous time because we, we are we 're abandoning um, you, you know what we might call Christian morality that informed so much of our social policy in the past and uh, and uh, and and the new morality that 's coming in is not being well thought through in terms of its actual impact. And I'll just give you an example. Imagine if, you're, um, if you are or have a relative in, in, an, uh, in a senior citizen's uh, community or, or a, you know, an old age home uh, and, and somebody chooses uh, or appears to choose uh, uh, to, the euthanasia. And imagine how the rest of the residents will feel about that, the impact of that. Um, uh, uh, the mix of emotions, the conversations, or the lack of conversations, um, uh, and, and so there's lots of implications uh, that, uh, to these um, to these great changes, these great moral or immoral changes that are taking place in our nation. That we as Christians need to uh, not just uh, wring our hands about, but to engage in, to engage in this debate, to make our voices known that we we are concerned about these things.
0: Charles Newington, always great insights and uh, this is a significant and serious time, uh, time to pay attention to the people that we are going to be electing, also time to pay attention to our own political engagement, uh, perhaps becoming a member of a political party and being involved in the pre-selection process of candidates, all of those things important as we talk about uh, the way that we are approaching elections in New South Wales and then beyond that a federal election. Charles Newington Great insights. Let me point people to familyvoice.org.au. Charles is the National Director of Family Voice Australia. Charles, thanks for being with us once again today on
1: 2020. Well, thank you, Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported.